healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well by a Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello, and welcome to Valley Well by a Salud. I'm Lauren Vargas. So what did you eat this morning after you woke up? There are countless theories on breakfast, from the best foods to eat to whether it's the most important meal of the day. So today we're going right to the source of truth and speaking with a doctor and a diabetes educator about how to get the best start every morning. Joining us is Dr. Naima Ali. She's an OBGYN with a focus on obesity medicine at Valleywise Community Health Center, South Phoenix Levine, which opens August 17th. We're also excited to have Anne Bonpensiero. She's a diabetes educator at Valleywise Health. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So is breakfast still considered the most important meal of the day? I feel like it changes every time. It is very important meal. Uh, it gets your body started in the morning with fuel to give you the energy that you need and also to help your brain work, you know, to have better focus on your job or at school for children and concentration. It really helps uh, your overall health. Um, and it can help you also not eat as much later in the day. If you skip breakfast, you might be eating too much later on. It is really an important meal. Um, so what are the best foods to eat in the morning and why? The best foods to have are whole grains and also um, fruits and uh, protein is good also. Dairy products are good. It is better to get things that um, are going to fill you up but also provide the nutrients that you need. So like whole grain breads or bran or high fiber cereals or oatmeal. Also like maybe low fat milk or yogurt is good in the morning. And fruits are good too, because sometimes you won't be getting those later in the day. As a physician, I typically tell my patients that avoiding foods that are high in sugar, certain cereals, um, donuts, um, kind of the things that we see often in an American breakfast. I tell them that, you know, to consider trying to avoid those and then going with the whole grains, um, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, low fat dairy, all of those can be really a great start for your day. So it's not so much what you eat, it's what the nutrients that it provides. Exactly. When we consume, you know, a sugary cereal, a donut, a croissant, um, it's metabolized the same way as it would a piece of cake, a dessert. And so I, I want patients to understand that, you know, it's what's inside that really matters. So the sugars and fruit are natural. And they, those are different than what you would be getting in kind of processed cakes and, and whatnot. And so having that variety and those, those natural foods can set you up for success for the rest of the day. So Anne, let me ask you first, what do you eat for breakfast? Oh, I do have, I make my own um, whole grain bran muffins that I put some fruit in them either banana, mashed banana. And then I also drink a kefir type of yogurt drink that's plain. Um, and then I might have a little bit of orange juice with that. Those are That's one of my breakfast things, or I'll get a high fiber cereal like bran flakes and have some berries in it and some low fat milk in it. You know, those are pretty much the typical things I might eat in the morning. What about you, Dr. Ali? 
Well, I know it sounds cliche, but I really love avocado toast. And so with, you know, some high fiber bread and um, a little bit of homemade guacamole, I think you get some fruit, some vegetable, some protein, and then you have the fiber from the from the whole grain bread. And um, it can keep you going for the rest of uh, for the rest of the morning. All of that sounds so delicious. You'll have to invite us over someday. (laughs) So tell us what foods should you avoid in the morning? I mean, obviously like the donut and the croissant are pretty obvious, but are there some things that people might not realize that aren't the best, especially in the morning when you're getting going? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily something that is worse in the morning, but in general, I think these habits um, that we that we have in the morning carry us throughout the day. And so if we start with something very sugary or something with a high fat content, um, those are typically habits that continue on throughout the day. So um, maybe bacon or high, you know, high fat content food, um, high sugar content food, maybe something to indulge in once in a while, but for the most part, try to avoid and create good habits so it's easier to maintain and sustain as you go on. If you're just tuning in with us, we are speaking with Dr. Naima Ali and Anne Bonpensiero about the importance of eating a healthy breakfast. Dr. Ali will be working at our new state-of-the-art Valleywise Community Health Center, South Phoenix Levine, located at 35th Avenue and Southern. It opens August 17th, and it will be a beautiful facility. You can make a in-person visit if needed, but we also currently offer telehealth medicine, so you can speak with her over video or by phone. And you can call 833-855-9973 to make that appointment Monday through Friday, or you can book anytime by visiting valleywisehealth.org. Um, we're currently talking about you know which foods to, to eat and which foods to avoid in the morning. So does the amount of food matter? matter? Should you, uh, how big should the portions be? It doesn't, you know, a lot of people tell me that they are not, you know, they don't feel like eating in the morning. So I just tell them, start with something small, like maybe a piece of fruit or a yogurt, um, just to get your stomach used to eating something. So it, you know, the amount doesn't, it's important to get enough so it can sustain you for lunch if you're not going to get a snack mid-morning. But, you know, um, I think most people have an issue, especially when they work and they have their run rush in the morning, that maybe they're just not eating anything in the morning. But then, of course, there's the other extreme that maybe on the weekends you're getting these huge breakfasts with pancakes and syrup and sausage or bacon and eggs. And, you know, having a lot of that can also um, be detrimental to your health if you eat it often. Like, you know, you can have it once in a while, but maybe, you know, just have portion control with the pancakes and the syrup. Um, and the sausage and the eggs, but they're okay to have once in a while, but you don't want, you kind of want to avoid getting too much of a uh, meal in the morning because that can make you more tired and sleepy and not give you the energy that you need for the rest of the day. That was kind of my next question is um, if someone says they're not a breakfast person or not hungry, you still recommend trying to eat something even if they don't want to and their body's telling them no? Yes, I would recommend having something in the morning just to get their metabolism going and to give them the energy that they need during the day. Um, Because if you don't eat anything, a lot of times what happens is you end up being so hungry at lunch, you might overeat your next meal or the meal after that. And that can lead also to weight gain later on. So I've heard theories that after you work out, you're supposed to eat something right away because your body's still burning up that 
whatever that is. So is it the same with the morning? Does timing matter? Are you supposed to eat, let's say like within 30 minutes of waking up or anything like that? Usually um, within the first hour is a good idea to start eating something um, just to get your metabolism going and to, for you to feel energy, you know, energized for the day. Um, if you wait too long, you're going to feel more sluggish and maybe you'll get too busy and you won't eat until lunch, which wouldn't be good. You know, the Mediterranean diet has always been, <clears throat> excuse me, the Mediterranean diet has always been touted as a, a really healthy way to eat. Um, is there a certain country or a certain place that has a really good breakfast habits and why? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily a specific country that can win an award, <laughs> but um, there are several diets, like you mentioned, and Mediterranean is um, has has been studied uh, to be very effective, um, partly because of the incorporation of healthy fats natural fruits and vegetables, um, a low amount of processed foods, and um, uh, kind of a more like more of an emphasis on um, uh, a balanced um, nutrient set. Um, that being said, I think you can probably find healthy breakfasts anywhere you go if you are well informed and um, you know, make a few good choices. Um, I think it's it's possible to find uh, no matter where you are. So this is kind of a, an interesting question I just thought of. Why does the body crave certain things at certain times of the day? Like why is cereal considered a breakfast food, but steak is not, and you're supposed to <laughs> eat steak at night? So it's interesting. There's been lots of studies that show food associations are very real. We eat cake when there's a birthday. We have nostalgia when we see something and it reminds us of a, of a different time. And these kinds of associations that we grow up with, you know, um, a big bowl of cereal um, that we see a commercial for, a big glass of orange juice, these are typically... Um, uh, associations that we have. And then we kind of condition ourselves to think that this is how it's supposed to be. Um, however, um, part of our habits can be, um, uh, I guess, what's the proper way to say it? Um, we want to make educated choices um, about what good nutrients we can select uh, for breakfast and uh, the day as it goes forward. That's interesting. So it's kind of all in your head, really. I think it's cultural too. I, I, I worked with a population of Hmong people and they pretty much ate, you know, rice, vegetables, and some kind of protein three times a day. Um, so I think it, it varies culture by culture, what you consider a breakfast food and what you don't. And a lot of times I tell patients too, if you don't like certain breakfast foods, you could just have some leftovers from dinner the night before, you know, because some people will say, I don't like cereal at all. I don't like most breakfast foods. So that's fine to do that. Yeah, those are good tips. That's very interesting. Um, so calcium is an important nutrient that you're supposed to get, especially in the morning. Um, my foster daughter has a dairy allergy, so she drinks almond milk. What are other ways to get calcium in a diet without milk? A lot of people are lactose intolerant. Sure. Um, you know, there are... Um, there is a good amount of calcium that you can obtain in in vegetables, in nuts, uh, soy, uh, like you said, um, 
almond milk and kind of other types of non-dairy milks um, are also options as well. They also have lactate milk, which is a milk that is for people that have the lactose intolerance. So we are speaking with Dr. Naima Ali and Anne Bonpensiero about healthy breakfasts and what to eat in the morning. Dr. Ali will be working at the Valleywise Community Health Center, South Phoenix. It's located at 35th Avenue and Southern, and it opens August 17th. You can make an appointment with Dr. Ali or any of our other wonderful providers by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday uh, from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So some people swear by intermittent fasting. Can you explain what that is to everyone and whether or not you recommend it? Well, I'll let Anne talk about the recommendation. <laughs> However, I can talk a little bit about uh, what it is <clears throat> and um, some of the, the research that's gone behind it. So like I said earlier, food consumption has a lot to do with many other things besides hunger. We can eat if we're bored. We're can eat, we can eat if we're happy or sad. And the concept of intermittent fasting is to create a schedule um, of abstaining from food for a certain amount of time, as well as eat, eating only during a certain amount of time. And so due to that restriction of consumption of calories during a certain amount of time, it creates um, it creates a discipline, right? It, it kind of prevents the person from eating um, when they may not necessarily be hungry. And so that type of habit has been studied and ultimately can lead to uh, some amount of weight loss. It can also uh, simply cause people to eat less. And if they're eating less, um, they can potentially lose weight faster. Now, obviously, there are um, pros and cons, and there's still the importance of obtaining the right nutrient mix. And I'm going to let Ann talk about that. Um, but for some people, simply creating um, times and windows and a schedule of when to eat and when not to eat is really helpful because sometimes people forget and they're, you know, munching on snacks uh, throughout the day and throughout the night. And that can really contribute to um, a lot of unexpected weight gain um, when, you know, when we ask patients about their dietary habits. And would you recommend intermittent fasting to some of your patients? Well, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I sort of already explained to them um, that it is better once you should have dinner like no later than seven and then try not to eat till the next morning, which is a form of intermittent fasting. If you think about it, there is that 12 to eight hour fast. So, you know, um, eight hours of eating and 12 hours of fasting. So that would be like seven to seven, maybe 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. where you are fasting for 12 hours. Um, that's what I do recommend. Um, it can work for some people if someone really wants to do it. Like there's the intermittent fasting that's five days of eating and two days of either just fasting, nothing, just liquids, or even uh, just 500 calories both of those days. If people want to do it, um, they can. The only issue is that when people have certain health conditions like diabetes, that can be cause low blood sugars, which can be dangerous. So people have to be very cautious if they want to do it, especially if they have certain diseases like diabetes. Absolutely. So um, Chencha Flores is our audio producer for this show. He's on the call and he has a couple questions for you ladies. 
So my first question is it, and both of you can talk about this, um, is it important for expectant mothers to have a good breakfast or they can they kind of just keep going uh, eating the way that they normally would? It's So as an OBGYN, um, I think it's really important to have a healthy breakfast as tolerated um, and as indicated by their kind of medical profile. Sometimes in the beginning of the pregnancy, patients can have a lot of nausea in the mornings that can continue on throughout the day. So it's important to try to get in whatever nutrient you can, really at whatever time you don't feel sick. That being said, typically those feelings improve as um, the pregnancy goes on. And it's important to kind of balance that uh, concept of quote unquote eating for two versus, um, you know, uh, eating uh, excessively that may not necessarily um, be beneficial and can increase risks of things like diabetes. So um, the short answer is it's important to um, kind of maintain good, healthy eating habits throughout the pregnancy. Um, and if there are certain indications that can that may prevent you from doing so, uh, to really talk to your doctor and see what changes you can make and when. A lot of people say it's so hard to eat healthy. They say it's easier to eat junk food and eat kind of unhealthy rather than to eat healthy or, or to find healthy ways to eat. Is this is that actually true? I think so. I think I think patients are absolutely right when they say that. Um, you know, it's easy to uh, find a drive-through uh, fast food place, um, and it's cheap fast food and it's tasty fast food. But you know, in order to get uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, we can't drive through anywhere to get something like that. And it's important and um, to really understand uh, kind of the benefits of um, eating healthy because you're you're right and, and the patients are right. Um, it can be a challenge and it takes a little bit of planning ahead of time and it takes um, a lot of willpower and it does take um, you know maybe speaking to a nutritionist, a dietitian, or a physician that's you know um, focused on obesity medicine uh, because there are so many challenges out there um, and expenses. So we're chatting with our ValleyWise health providers about uh, best breakfast um, choices in the morning. And you're a diabetes educator. Um, it's said that more than 100 million people in the U.S. alone are living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. So how is breakfast different for someone uh, with those conditions? Do they need to be thinking about different things than someone without diabetes? It really should be the same. Um, we want healthy eating for everyone. And, you know, when you start young and you start eating healthier, it's so much easier for you as you get older. So it should be the same whole grain foods, um, high fiber, healthy protein, some vegetables, maybe, and fruits and low fat dairy products. So what about the difference between men and women? Do men and women have different metabolisms? Uh, yes, men and women do have different metabolisms, especially at different portions of um, of the life cycle. So, um, you know, after menopause, um, there is a decline in the female metabolism. And it's important to be aware of because that can still be overcome with a healthy diet and exercise. Um, obviously, metabolism changes during pregnancy. And it's a natural, you know, time of weight gain and, and um, 
and, uh, you know, kind of increased uh, metabolic demand. Um, like we were talking about earlier, you know, children are growing and um, at different points in, um, in puberty, you know, there's different kind of um, metabolic demands during that time as well. So that being said, um, while there are differences, um, these things um, can be kind of decreased with our uh, input and our output, meaning how much we eat and how much we burn off with our general day-to-day activities as well as our um, physical activity and exercise that we, we that we put in. Absolutely. So Dr. Ali, you uh, practice obesity medicine. How do you instruct your patients to eat um, to help them with that diagnosis? So really what we try to do um, is um, help women, pregnant or not, um, come up with goals for themselves to help um, live healthier lives. Some people's goal is to lose weight and some is not. And and depending on where they are, that's okay. Um, really, it's more of a chance to get down, you know, get a chance to sit down and talk to someone about what their goals are, uh, what they would like to see different, and really offer some education about um, aspects of their health that could be improved. Um, this isn't necessarily about shaming anyone or forcing them to adopt a certain type of diet or force a certain type of pill or surgery or gimmick or fad. What we're here to do is to provide education so that patients can help live healthier lives, um, stay out of the hospital, stay out of, um, you know, complications with other, um, comorbidities, um, and we just want them to be informed and educated and make good decisions. Typically, the one thing that the benefit that I see in working with women is that women are typically in charge of feeding their families. They're the ones that are getting the groceries and cooking, typically, typically. And so by informing the mother or the female member of the family, uh, you have the opportunity or we have the opportunity to really um, uh, impact the whole family. As crazy as our lives are, um, in the normal setting. And now with COVID going on, everybody's working from home. Um, how do you fight the urge to just eat cereal for breakfast or just give your kids cereal for breakfast and send them on their way? Uh, how, how, do you have any tips or any ways that we can kind of settle in and try to, to, to be more healthy and be more nutritious rather than just go, go, go? It's so hard. That is such a great question. Um, and you're, you're definitely not alone. Every parent or working or not, um, uh, probably experiences that. I think it's really just making a mindset, making a goal and creating healthy habits. Um, you know, some days you may not achieve every goal, but really it's just about trying to make consistent habits, being mindful, being present when you're eating, trying to eat as a family, um, you know, demonstrating good behaviors, making sure that, you know, when you're purchasing what you're purchasing, that you look at labels and that you understand sugar contents and, you know, kind of make healthy decisions. So that way the options at home are not tempting in a bad way. (laughs) And so really just, you know, being present and um, trying to do the best you can. Obviously, situation um, situations can be tough, and it is uh, it it can be a challenge. But um, that's one reason we're here, and 
we can try to help answer any further questions like that. I think that one thing that helps too is planning ahead of time, you know, the day before thinking about what you want to have for breakfast or, you know, take time on the weekend and really write a list of some healthy things to go buy at the store whenever you go grocery shopping. So you have those at home and that's what you have to eat, the healthy options. So I think it's also just planning ahead of time. Thank you all so much. This was a really great discussion. I learned a lot, um, a lot of great information. We do have a blog on valleywisehealth.org if you missed any of today's discussion. Um, Dr. Ali and Anne, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Thank you. Thank you and be safe. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Via Salute, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. There you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.